Greetings Team Ajulam, Karibuni Sana Tena. So last week we started a new series on the book of Daniel and today we're on our second episode and last week we talked about God is my judge and the fact that um, our God is a righteous judge, right? And you remember we talked about God's judgment and how through Jesus Christ we escape eternal death. That this judgment that's coming is not necessarily a judgment of whether you are right or wrong it's a judgment where it is basically sentencing that happens this world has already been judged and so this is a moment of sentencing that those who believe in jesus christ experience uh, pardoning of their sins and those who um, do not believe in jesus christ are already condemned right already are condemned and so that's what we talked about last week um, and so today we're going to be looking again yet at the first chapter of the book of Daniel and uh, please allow me to read Daniel chapter 1 from verse 1 to 7. Daniel chapter 1 from verse 1 to 7. I'm reading from the NIV version. In the third year of the reign of Jeho Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim king of Judah into his hand along with some of the articles from the temple of God. This he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put in the treasure house of his God. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Belshazzar. To Hananiah, uh, Shadrach. To Mishael, Meshach. And to Azariah, Abednego. Hallelujah. This is the word of the Lord. So now the thing is, remember last week about God's judgment and the fact that it was God that sent these people into exile, right? And so the thing is, is that in as much as last week we talked more about the judgment part, today what I want to talk about is the fact that they were sent. The fact that they were sent. They were not just taken by their enemies, they were actually sent into exile. In Jeremiah 29 from 4, verse 4 to 14, it says, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. 
plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you because the Lord declares the Lord and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. And so here's the thing. God is the one that carries these people into exile, right? It was God's plan to do so. The thing is that the rebellion had boiled over so much that, the, that basically God allowed the enemy to overcome them. And they were then sent into exile in Babylon, right? They were sent. And so the thing is, is that Daniel, together with his friend uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Who were young men devoted to God were in essence victims of a broader plan by God, right? They were basically victims of a broader plan by God. And they, 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 I mean, they were not rebellious like the others, right? But nonetheless, they were sent into exile, okay? They were sent into exile, right? And what we see through these young men in exile was that God was literally able to reveal himself in Babylon through these young men, which at the time Babylon was the greatest empire that was there on earth, right? So th these young men, these four young men were able to do incredible exploits in regards to being able to reveal God um, to Babylon and to be, able to, God to be able to reveal himself to Babylon through these young men. And so the thing is, the question is, so, I mean, what's the whole point of all this, right? So... So what that they were sent into exile, right? So what that they were sent into exile? Now, the thing is, is that I believe that this story reveals to us a really great analogy for how we as believers exist in this world. For us as believers in Jesus Christ, this is how we exist in this world. And this is an incredible analogy around that. That just like Daniel and his friends sent into exile in Babylon, that we too are living a similar experience as believers in this world. You know, Jesus in John 17 tells us that we are not of this world. That this world is literally not our home. And not only is it not our home, but in the same way that he was sent into the world, he is sending us into the world as well. In John 17 it says that after Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father... Glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. And I'm coming to you, Holy Father. 
I'm coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so the scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word and your world, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. What I want us to understand is that like Daniel and his friends who have put their faith, we who have put our faith, so like Daniel and his friends, we who have put our faith in Jesus Christ are literally in this world like those who have, who are sent into exile. That we are still in this world, like we are still in this world, like those who have been sent to exile. Like that, that like Daniel and his friends, for whom Babylon was not their home, this world is not our home. That just like Daniel and his friends, for whom God used mightily in Babylon, God wants to do the same with us in this world. To use his people to reveal himself to the world. I don't know about you, but this is such a profound realization for me. Like, it's such a, like, you know, that kind of emoji for the, the, what's up, the guy with the mind blown, right? For, you know, first to realize that, you know, that you are sent. And second, to realize that you are like one living in exile, right? Now, the first thing is, is to realize that someone who is sent has a mission. Right? In the scripture we just read, Jesus says, As you sent me into the world, I sent them into the world. Right? Now, here's the thing. I know for most of us when we came to faith in Christ Jesus, at least I think I'm projecting, right? But I, I ought to believe for many of us, is that it was on our own account of our own realization of our need for God. Right? It was like, you know, I hope... I really hope I'm more projecting, but it was just that thing for like, where this was our own realization, our need for God, that the reason why you came to faith in Christ was because you felt probably this deep-seated void that, you know, only God was able to, to feel, you know. So when you heard the message of the gospel, you're like, man, I resonate with that. I want that, you know. In fact, this would be a really great place for you to just, for us to just pause for a moment. You go and think about what it is that, led you to become a believer in Jesus Christ. You know, like, what was that? What was the thing that, what happened? And what was, what, why did you become, um, why did you choose to become a believer in Jesus Christ? I think that would be really cool to just think about for a moment. Right? Now, for me, it was because I really resonated with the message of the gospel. Like, I resonated with the fact that, you know, I was drawn to this message of, God wanted to have a personal relationship with me, which to me was just like completely fascinating. And, you know, I didn't fully understand what it meant 
fully but i really loved the idea of it i loved the idea of god wanting to have a personal relationship with me and i'm just like wow that's really dope you know like um i i the whole thing of the i'm a sinner saved by grace all that i think that came like a little bit later in terms of rec- the recognition of my own sin <laughs> you know in terms of my the fact that i needed a, a savior but i think the thing that was most compelling was I, that God wanted to be able to have a personal relationship with me and I was just like I want to I want to I want to have a personal relationship with God <laughs> you know and I was just like that sounds like a a really a really cool thing you know and later on it's just that realization of like you know the fullness of the message of the gospel began to kind of unravel as 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 I was going along but I had no idea that accepting Jesus Christ would mean being thrust into a mission. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I wasn't like I wasn't getting into this to be like, you know. It, for me, it was more like you know. And I think for many of us, it was like you know, He's coming to save you. You know, it's just kind of like you're coming to be. You know, you you are in this place, and God lifted you out. You know, you used to be a this, and now you are. You know, it's that thing for like I used to be, and God came through, and and when I gave my life to Christ, then my my life changed. So it's it's very much around like you but i know for a fact like i wasn't thinking that god is going to thrust or rather that we are thrust into some any type of mission you know what i mean um and it's so interesting because it's like in this mission that god says to us where he says that that i so so it's interesting because you become a believer and so you, you you put your faith in Christ and then it says that you then now are removed from the world, right? And it's not a physical removal, but it's almost in a sense that like you are literally taken out and then put back in. You know, because it's just like, what do you mean you're sending us to the world? You know, it's just like, it's like you're, you're being literally removed from a certain mindset, a certain system, right? And you're being removed from it and being put back in it, Right? Um, kind of reminds me of like uh, I don't know if anyone here has watched The Matrix where it's just like you take the this Nini and he was taken out of The Matrix you know only to be able to now go back into The Matrix like in a different form but now he goes in with a different mindset different awareness knowing what exactly this whole space is but it's like a similar thing and it's it's this kind of like upside down way of God doing things where where you know where he says to you like in order for you to save your life, you need to uh, to lose your life. You know, it's like those who try to save their lives will lose it. Those who lose their lives for him will find it. You know, and it's or it's that thing for the first will be last or the last will be first. It's this it's this kind of upside down way of doing things. Where it's just like literally where God is just like I'm taking you out of the world and putting you back in it, right? And so. What we find is that through faith in Christ Jesus, like literally we're removed from this world, then sent into the world, right? And Luke 10, Jesus says to his disciples in Luke 10, that after this, the Lord appointed 72 others. This is now when he's sending out his disciples, 72 others, sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Now, the thing is that's so interesting is that why this is so fascinating to me is the fact that for a lot of believers today, we do not live our lives as though we have been sent. Right? And so what happens is we don't go into, for example, our workplaces as those who are sent. Which means 
For example, that when time, a time comes for integrity to be shown, that you are the sent one to demonstrate it. Or when there's a great challenge in the workplace and everyone is wondering who is going to slay this Goliath, that you do not realize that you are the sent one. We don't handle relationships as, though, as those who are sent. So for example, if you're in a relationship or with someone where you would rather the other person be the one to forgive or turn the other cheek, but not us who are sent. We don't realize that we are the ones who, when Jesus was speaking, and he's speaking in these words of the Bible, that he's talking to you, his disciple, the one he's sending and he's saying to you, that I want you to be the one to turn the other cheek. I want you to be the one to forgive. I want you to be the one who is the, the, the one who is the sent one. You know, who understands that these words are the ones that I'm asking you to demonstrate because I'm the one who is sending you. And so even when it comes to humbling yourself, man, this is tough. You know, there's sometimes where someone in a relationship, or something has happened, or in terms of like, you're like, but, they, but, but they're the ones who did this. And Jesus is just there looking at you being like, but, but you're the one I've sent. You're the sent one. So meaning, when it comes to humbling yourself, you are the, first, the one who is being called to humble yourself. Right? You've been sent to love your neighbor as you love yourself. You're the one who has been sent to that. You have been sent to be a witness to Jesus Christ through your words and actions. You have been sent to infuse God's will in every single place in which he has planted you. So the thing is, is that as believers, we don't just exist in this world. We have been sent into this world. We don't just exist. And this is so deeply profound because you need to realize that you are the sent one. You are the one sent with a message. You are the one sent with a mindset. You are the one sent with a culture, a kingdom culture. You are the one sent by Jesus Christ to deliver his will and message to others. So, for example, there's a friend of mine who um, um, we had been praying. So they got, they got, they got this job um, in, 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 in an incredibly miraculous way, got this job. And it was such a blessing. It was such an amazing thing. And as they were in this job, um, a few weeks later, um, you know, comes and, 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 and confides in me and tells me how, you know, there's, there's some dodgy stuff that's, that's um, happening in, in, in the office. And, and, and she was really, like, concerned about, like, you know, what should I do? And, and it's this kind of thing of like, you know, should I, you know, I'm really like wondering like how, how to handle this situation and, 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 you know, what should I do? And there was also this kind of fear of like, if I don't play ball, will they get rid of me? Will they, will I lose this job that, you know, I, you know, what will happen? And the thing that I reminded her was, do not forget that you were sent there. And so, go in the authority of one who is sent. There's no way these people will be able to get rid of you <laughs> if God is the one who gave you that work. <laughs> when you're metumwa, you are sent there. You are sent there. And because you are sent there, move in the authority of one who is sent. And the thing is, is that that changed that person's entire mindset in terms of that just simple recognition and walking in the authority of one that is sent. 
the authority of that, of knowing, and this is the thing, is because the commissioning comes. And it's so interesting because this is literally what Jesus says to his disciples. He says, do not be afraid. Why? Because I'm the one who is sending you. <laughs> so you go there as one who is sent. And the thing is, is that for us as believers, many of us do not live in the authority of those who have been sent into the world. Jesus, while sending out his disciples in Luke 11, the thing is that happens is that we just read, when they came back, they were so hyped. They were like, oh my gosh, they were so mad hype about the authority that they had. They were even like, even the demons submit to us in your name. Even the demons submit to us in your name. And Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of of the enemy nothing will harm you nothing will harm you sorry i said luke 11 that's luke 10 it's luke 10 sorry nothing will harm you nothing will harm you the thing is to realize that we have authority to overcome all the power of the enemy and so this goes even deeper in terms of when you recognize and you operate in the authority of one who is sent. It means that there are moments where when you will see injustice, right? And you need to recognize that when you see some type of injustice that's outside of your, of your reach. So, for example, it's injustice that you see that's happening somewhere. You know, um, in... For example, these guys who have been murdered, you know, the, the, the guys who the, and you're like, man, this is, this is, this is, this is injustice. Yeah, you can go and you show your support on social media and do all that and join whatever thing is happening to be able to, 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 to assist with that situation. But the thing is also of operating as one who is sent is also recognizing that you have authority over the power of the enemy. So when you see his power, being manifest in a certain space or area, you have the authority to be able to go in prayer and to literally go and take these things before God. That you can be able to see where God is, where the enemy is moving and you realize that you, you, as his disciple, have the authority and this is the, the, the thing about moving and being able to operate in the authority of one who is sent. You are a sent one. You know that if you have put your faith in Christ Jesus, that you are a sent one. And so moving that, that authority. You know, the thing is, is that the mission of this ministry, which is actually detailed in Luke 10, that we just read, that part of, in, in, in fact, this, this very perfectly, this, this scripture very perfectly articulates what the mission of this ministry is, that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out, to send out workers into his harvest field. We are a ministry that is about raising laborers for the Lord's harvest. This is why we exist. Whoever was praying, this is as pray to the Lord of the harvest. This is why it is, we are here to awaken believers to their first love, to awaken believers to their God-given mission. How God's kingdom extends is through each and every single one of us carrying this kingdom influence and mandate everywhere he plants us. 
wherever it is that he plants us. So this whole kind of like format of you know the big church you know where it's it's us we come to church we sit here and then there's the guys over there on the the stage and those are the people who do do who do ministry as we as we are just here we come to church on sunday the way in which god's mission god's love god's kingdom is spread is through us believers awakening to who we are awakening to our first love, awakening to our God-given mission, that it is us who are able to extend God's life-giving message in every single place that he plants us. This is how the message goes out. And so we, what we are about here is about awakening believers to the fact that they do not need to be ashamed of the gospel. You are a sent one. You, do not, you did not send yourself. You didn't send yourself. So whatever message you're coming with is not, is not for you to be there being like, at, oh, you know. No, you have been sent by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords with a message. You have the life-giving message, right? And God has sent you to proclaim his loving grace in Christ Jesus to the world. This is why you are still here. You are a sent one. You are a sent one. And now the thing is, earlier I mentioned that the first thing is that we realize that we, are, we are, that we are sent. But the second thing is, is that to realize that we are like one living in exile. Okay? And this is why this is so important, because you did not send yourself, right? Now in Luke 10, 2 to 3, the one that we just read, where it says that the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. And it says, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. The second part of that message is where Jesus says to them, go, I am sending you out like lambs amongst wolves. In Matthew's account of this same thing that Jesus says to his disciples in Matthew 10 and verse 16, he says, I'm sending you out like sheep amongst wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to local councils and be flogged in synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings and witness, as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. Man, this is literally sounds like what happened to Daniel and his friends. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it and what time. And at that time, you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. So basically what the Lord is telling his disciples is that understand that as a believer, that you are operating in a hostile environment. So it's almost in a sense the same thing. It's like you are like one living in exile. You're operating in a hostile environment. You know, Babylon was such a, it's such a perfect representation of the world we live in today. You know, that's the reason why even Babylon is still mentioned again in the book of Revelation. It's, a, it's, such, a, it's such a great analogy and representation of the world that we live in today. You know, filled with all manner of false religion, worship of money, a place of extravagance and blatant rebellion of God's law. Right? This was a nation of unbelievers. And so Daniel and his friends experienced all manner of persecution because of their devotion to God. And we're going to look at these even more closely as we go along with this series. Right? And so Jesus says to us time and time again that we who have put our faith in him will face persecution. That when we begin to recognize that we move in the authority of those who are sent, that there are going to be many, many times where you will face opposition. And he says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. 
in this world, you will have trouble while you are in exile. <laughs> hey! You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. This is why even with our steadfast faith in God, we still face many troubles. Because we are like those in exile. We are still in this hostile world that has rebelled against God. But, it, but take heart. He has overcome the world. We talked about this last week. We are more than conquerors. And this world is not our home. This, remember we talked about this grain of sand. In this grain of sand experience, we may have many troubles. But all these things have been overcome. Not we will overcome, we have overcome. We are more than conquerors through him who has loved us with an everlasting love. He has redeemed us eternally. So the thing is that we have been sent. We are those who are sent. But we have been sent into a hostile environment on a mission to reveal God's kingdom on earth. But the thing is that he says to us, do not be dismayed, do not be afraid, God is with us. And do not look at troubles and wonder, why is it, Lord, that I'm facing troubles and I've put my faith in you? It is because he says it, he literally says it to us. He says that we are like those who are living in exile. Literally, this world is not our home. And on top of that, he says that he sends us out like sheep amongst wolves. That we are living in, we are existing in a hostile environment. That we learned last, last week that God is going to do away with. He is going to clean up the whole, the whole mess. But until then, we are like those living in exile. And we have a mandate. And that we, one, are being called to operate as those who are sent to walk in the authority of those who have been sent. But on the flip side, is for us also to gain perspective and recognize that this is a hostile environment. And there are going to be many times where people will not be able to agree, will not agree with your mindset, who will not agree with the way, in, with, with what you believe, who will not agree with your message, who will not agree with the way in which you live your life. And they look at you and they'd be like, ah, man, you're just nini, uh, uh, this guy, you're so nini, tight. My guy, let's make chums, bro. Let's just, you know what I'm saying? Like, and they won't understand it because you are like one living in exile. And so the thing is that throughout this series, what we're going to look at is that we're going to look at Daniel and his friends. And we're going to look at, literally for them, I, I, the, the perfect analogy and representation of how we as believers are being called to live in this world. How we are being called to live and a life of devotion towards God in this world. How we are being asked, how we are being called to be used by God in this world. Because we are those who have been sent. And not only sent, but we are like those who are living in exile. So do not be dismayed, do not be, dis do not be discouraged. God is with us. If you remember in Acts chapter 1, where Jesus did not send his disciples out until they had received the Holy Spirit. God has given us his Holy Spirit. Literally given us his Holy Spirit because he recognizes 
and this is kind of like the, the, the key the key differentiator from speaking of the moment um, of Daniel and his friends is that we have been emboldened and empowered by his Holy Spirit that we can be able to experience his Holy Spirit and be given power to be his witness that we've been given power to be those to move in the authority of those who have been sent and that we've been given power to overcome every single challenge that will come towards us as we are in this place in exile. It is because of his Holy Spirit that we have been given power through his Holy Spirit. And so, child of God, operate as one who has been sent and in the authority of one who is sent because you have his power. And so I pray in Jesus' holy name, that for us, as those who have put our faith in Christ Jesus, will understand this and begin to operate in this. And if you are that person who is not put your faith in Christ Jesus, I would encourage you to do so. Let's pray. Holy Father, we thank you so much today for your tremendous grace, mercy, goodness and love towards us. Father, we recognize that you have sent us into this world. Father, we pray in Jesus' holy name that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Because through your Holy Spirit, we are able to find the help that we need in this hostile place in this hostile world. So Father, I pray in Jesus' holy name that you'd fill us with your spirit, guide us by your spirit, and give us the strength that we need to be able to be effective witnesses for your name and for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ who called us and who has sent us into this world and has given us power through your Holy Spirit for us to be able to be effective witnesses here on earth. So Father, in Jesus' name we thank you, we honor you, we lift you up and we magnify your name. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey guys, thank you so much for watching. Listen, if this message blessed you, please be sure to share it with someone whom you love. Share it with a friend, a colleague, anyone. And then also, listen, support us. Support this ministry so that we can be able to make more dope content and be able to spread this message of the kingdom to as many people as possible. And then, make sure that you subscribe. Sawa, subscribe. Subscribe, wherever the button, subscribe, subscribe. God bless you guys.